Nearly the entire island of Puerto Rico lies within an opportunity zone. But what are some additional taxpayer benefits to investing in Puerto Rico, now a year and a half removed from the destruction of Hurricane Maria? Find out next on today's episode of the Opportunity Zones podcast. Welcome to another exciting episode of the Opportunity Zones podcast, the weekly show where we interview Opportunity Zones professionals and experts from fund managers to tax advisors, from real estate developers to venture capitalists. If it impacts Opportunity Zones or the Opportunity Funds industry, we cover it here on the Opportunity Zones podcast. Welcome to the Opportunity Zones podcast. I'm your host, Jimmy Atkinson. And today I'm on site at the Coasis Coalition Opportunity Zone Super Conference in Dallas. And joining me in person today is Maria de los Angeles Rivera, a tax partner and International Business Center Director at Keyvane Grant Thornton in San Juan, Puerto Rico. So Maria, thanks for joining me today and welcome to the show. Absolutely. Thank you, Jimmy, for having me with Absolutely. you today. It's great to be here mm -hmm. with you. I know we've, we've spoken on the phone a couple mm -hmm. of times um, and Puerto Rico obviously is big in the Opportunity Zone space because almost the entire island of Puerto Rico is essentially one large Opportunity Zone. Mm -hmm. Almost almost every single census tract, I believe 98% or so. That's correct. At the, at the beginning when the census tracts were this, uh, appointed Opportunity Zones, it was like 94.5%, but two more census tracts were added last December. So that raised the number to almost 98%. Yeah, that's incredible. Right. Almost almost mm -hmm. the entire island. So, uh, and And I have a little bit of history visiting Puerto Rico. Mm -hmm. I actually got married down there. My wife is is from there, or my wife's family is from there, I should say, and, and uh, we got married in Rincon, so we, we go Ooh, visit Rincon yeah. every once in a while. So I'm particularly interested in our conversation today about Puerto Rico and, and, and how Opportunity Zone investing in Puerto Rico plays out. Mm -hmm. So uh, to start us off, could you tell me a little bit about Keyvane Grant Thornton and, and the work that, that your firm is doing in the Opportunity Zone space and and what services do you provide to your clients and uh, who, who are your clients typically? Certainly, uh, Kevin Grant Thornton, even though the name can be a little mis, you know, conceptual uh, being an American firm, we are a 100% local Puerto Rico firm, member of the Grant Thornton International Network. Uh, next year we'll be 45 years old uh, since the foundation and we are a full service CPA accounting firm, so we provide accounting, advisory, tax, outsourcing, and of course audit of, of financial statements. Right now we are close to 140, 45 employees altogether, and, uh, and, and we have one office in San Juan, Puerto Rico. We served a very uh, diverse group of clients in our offices from local businesses to multinational companies that come to Puerto Rico to do business, retail, real estate, manufacturing, services industries, uh, companies that come to Puerto Rico looking for incentives that we will be talking about a little bit later. So our, we have around 800 clients altogether, very diverse. Very diverse uh, mix mm -hmm, of clients, good. Mm -hmm. And yeah, you, you do work for an international firm. Uh, Grant Thornton has offices all over the world, but, but the yeah. Keyvane Grant Thornton is specific to San Juan yeah. and Puerto Rico. San Juan, Puerto Rico. Right. Uh, we are part of this network, which is a global network, right. that we are, we are Right now, I think we are in around 135 countries in, around the world. So we, Pretty we, large reach. Yes, we say globe. that we are everywhere you are and everywhere you want to be. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe everywhere I don't want to be, too. You're everywhere. Everywhere, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Maria, tell me a little bit about your background and, and your personal areas of expertise and how did you get to where you are today? Sure. Um, I was born and raised in Ponce, Puerto Rico. That's south of, of the island. And I spent all my student years in Puerto Rico until my master's degree. I came to Dallas, not to Dallas, to Austin, Texas, mm -hmm. to do my master's in professional accounting with a, with a major in tax. Uh, but I was always certain that I wanted to go back to Puerto Rico and work. So since then, uh, I've been working in uh, CPA firms now for 30-something years, all of those years in tax. So uh, the, the, the type of clients that I've served around all those years have been, again, diverse. Uh, manufacturing, construction, tourism, um, and now a lot of service providers, service companies uh, that are coming to Puerto Rico uh, to establish their business here in Puerto Rico. In addition to that, as, as you mentioned before, I'm in the International Business Center Director for Grant Thornton International in Puerto Rico. 
the network has around 34, 35 IBCDs, as we call them, in 23 countries. And, and our main objective is to get international clients connected uh, to different countries. So if, for example, I have a client in Puerto Rico that wants to go and do business in Spain, for example, I can talk to the IBC director in Spain and put them together and he will receive, receive the same services he is used to. Right, so that's the power of the Grant Thornton network. network. Right. That's the power of the network. Very good. Yes. So you have a lot of experience, 30 plus years, you say. And, mm -hmm. and, and you mentioned earlier when we were speaking at, at the lunch break at the conference that we're currently at, that Puerto Rico is kind of attempting to undergo a shift from a manufacturing economy to a service economy. Mm -hmm. so, so talk to me a little bit more about that and, and tell me what, what the business case is for, for investing in Puerto Rico and, and go into some of the tax incentives that are currently available. I know there's a lot of tax incentives and, and how yeah. Puerto Rico is treated and how uh, investing is treated for U.S. citizens in Puerto Rico. T t tell me a little yes. bit about so, that. So we need to do a little bit background Yes, on, please on give me, give me okay. Puerto Rico uh, Investing uh, 101. Let's do a history, yes. a history tour. Um, Puerto Rico was originally uh, colonized by Spain and then it was uh, won by the U.S. In, in, in one war in 1898 and since then we have been a territory or a possession of the U.S. Um, we are not a state, so we are not uh, treated as a state for, for a lot of, of, of things, issues. People that are born in Puerto Rico, we are U.S. citizens. Uh, so we, we, you know, we have all the rights and responsibilities of U.S. citizens. But because of our situation, political situation, for tax purposes, for U.S. tax purposes, Puerto Rico is treated as a foreign country. So that brings into the formula certain complications that we always stress that if someone is looking into doing business in Puerto Rico, you have to be looking at it as, from an international standpoint. Okay, so, so that's very important. That has allowed Puerto Rico since the 1960s to, to develop this very uh, complete and uncomparable tax incentives program. I mean, no, 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 any other country has something like, like we can have. And the purpose of this program was to attract investment to Puerto Rico. Back in the 60s, it was mostly manufacturing uh, combined with uh, certain code sections in the US code. One of the most uh, prominent one was the ninth, section 936, which provided certain tax advantages to companies in the US to establish subsidiaries in Puerto Rico, mostly manufacturing, pharma, uh, uh, pharmaceuticals, uh, drugs, most, one time in, the, in, in that time frame, somebody said that almost all the Tylenol that was being uh, consumed in the world was produced in Puerto Rico, um, and some other drugs also. So when 936 was phased out back so many years ago, um, the program still remained, but it's shifting, trying to shift its focus from a manufacturing uh, perspective to a more service-oriented R&D, uh, intellectual property development uh, point of view. And that's where nowadays, when you, you see people talking about Puerto Rico, they talk about uh, service exemptions and service exports and investors moving to Puerto Rico and become bona fide residents of Puerto Rico. And, and you will ask why someone from the U.S. would like to become a bona fide resident of Puerto Rico, again, because of the complicated situation, a Puerto Rico bona fide resident, even being a U.S. citizen, is not taxed at the federal level on his or her's Puerto Rico source income. So for example, in my case that I live in Puerto Rico, I've been living in Puerto Rico all my life, I work in Puerto Rico, even though I'm a U.S. citizen, I don't pay U.S. tax on my Puerto Rico source income. I do pay tax in any other income I receive from any other world, part in the world, yeah. but not from Puerto Rico. So that makes this incentive a little bit more attractive, especially for, for in individuals that are in high-paying jurisdictions, like probably New York, California. Yeah. They look into moving to Puerto Rico to obtain, they say, zero tax, but it's really not zero tax. It's zero tax in certain types of income. So tell me more about the certain types of income okay. that are exempt. In, under this act, which is Act 22, uh, and then again we can then later on review the different uh, tax exemptions we have, but this act, Act 22, is for a act to attract investors to move to Puerto Rico. 
So let's say you are a, a trader. That's your business. So you, what you realize is capital gains and, or losses, mm -hmm. and maybe small amount of dividends, because not much dividend because you're trading. Right. Okay? If you become a bona fide resident of Puerto Rico, by definition, the sourcing of income of these capital gains, usually because it's trading you know, stocks or, or whatever in, in the market, it's sourced where you are a resident of. Okay. So for US purposes, if you are a bona fide resident of Puerto Rico, those gains are sourced in Puerto Rico. And as such, and then no, federal no US tax, tax right. on those. And then if you're covered by one of these Act 22, there will be no Puerto Rico tax on the gain. Okay, because there is Puerto Rico tax on certain gains sourced yes, yes. in Puerto Rico, certain incomes Inco sourced in Puerto Rico. Because Puerto Rico has its own tax system. Mm -hmm. Again, remember, we're a foreign right. jurisdiction for US purposes, so we do have our own tax code, which at the beginning was formulated based on the 1939 US Internal Revenue Code uh, back in 1954, and since then it has been amended several times. Yes. But the basics of the code are very similar to the U.S. code's you know, uh, uh, principles. So it's, it's, it's easy to understand how our, our law works because it's based on the, US, yeah. on the U.S. law. So this individual decides to move to Puerto Rico, and uh, the IRS said, oh, there have been some problems with, with people moving not only to Puerto Rico, mostly to the, to the other possessions, like USVIs, where they said back in the day, oh, I'm a resident of the USVI, I don't pay US tax, because it's kind of the similar thing. And they were really not living in the USVI. Right, so they just back, had some mailing address yes. there or something, right? Yeah. So back some time ago, the IRS came up with some new regulations, that's section 937, that in order to be, for US purposes, a bona fide resident of Puerto Rico, you have to meet three important tests every year. And which are those tests? First, you have to have or what is called the physical presence. And that means that at, in general terms, you have to spend 183 days in Puerto Rico. A little more than half the year, right? Half of the year. The majority there, of the year. In certain cases, there are other tests you can go to meet, but the, the most uh, talked about one, one is, is, is this one, the one in 183 days. The second test is the closer connection test. You have to be closer connected to Puerto Rico rather than anywhere else in the world. And, and, and that's very important in, in some cases because, like for example, if you have a family, young children and a spouse, they need to move to Puerto Rico mm -hmm. with you because if, they're kept, if they keep their res residence in the U.S., then you have closer connection to closer the connection U.S. Closer connection to the U.S., yeah. Okay, so, so that sometimes is the hardest part right. for, for these people looking into moving to Puerto Rico because they will need to move. I gotta bring my kids and my wife with Yes, me. Yeah. and look for schools sure. and all that stuff in Puerto Rico, which is doable, mm -hmm. and people are doing it. Yes. And then the third one is the tax home. Uh, a substantial portion of your income has to be derived from your business in Puerto Rico or from your whatever you do in Puerto Rico. So you cannot have uh, two tax homes, like for example, you work from Puerto Rico and from New York. Right. Uh, so, so the person that moves to Puerto Rico trying to get this benefit has to comply this test every year. So every year they need to do this. So they need to keep track of their flights, uh, of their travel, and all that stuff. But once you do that and you structure correctly, and you only, and you have capital gains income and, and maybe some uh, small interest or dividends you will be reducing your tax to zero. Could save a lot of money yeah. and make it well worth it to track all this. One important thing is that the IRS says, well, okay, but if you had some accrued gains while you're a resident of the US and then you move to any possession, Puerto Rico, and you dispose of that asset within 10 years, we want some of that because some of that was earned while you were uh, U.S. residents. So there mm -hmm. is these tainted gains for, ten, for a period of 10 years uh, will, pay, will pay some U.S. tax depending that just on... That shares the same holding period as the Opportunity Zone yes, policy. Yes, yes, Just coincidentally. Very coincidentally. Yes, so, yes. So, so that's the basics of how a, an Act 22 guy or, or gal can, yeah. can, can <laughs> get benefits of moving to Puerto Rico. Right. Okay? That's for the, for the individual. Mm -hmm. But if that individual also has a business, it's like a consultant. 
and, and he can consult nowadays through phone, through internet, right. Skype. He right. doesn't have to be, have an office doesn't anywhere. Doesn't have to have a physical presence exactly. in any location. Exactly. Right. So he might decide to move his business to Puerto Rico mm -hmm. and qualify it as an export service business under Act 20. And, and, and the, the law provides a list of all the services that could qualify for this. And basically, it's like a laundry list. Consulting, accounting, back offices, um, even trading companies can qualify for, for this export exemption. Um, uh, telemedicine is something that we're seeing a lot. And now blockchain and, mm -hmm. and crypto. So, so depending on, on, on your service, you can decide to move your business to Puerto Rico and provide services anywhere in the world. Right. And that could qualify for this Act 20. And what's the benefit? You pay only 4% income tax. To Puerto Rico. To Puerto Rico. Right. And zero, and zero, zero to, to the, the US right. because you're sourcing that income in Puerto Rico. And of course, don't use a US company to do that because a US company will be subject to US tax no matter what. Right. So you have to create your own Puerto Rico company and then some special issues will come into play if you're transferring intellectual property or, or any other assets. Remember, Puerto Rico is treated as a foreign country. Mm -hmm. So all the nice things about 367, outbound transactions and all that would come into play. So, so um, sometimes what we see is people that already have something developed, then they will keep that in the US company, but they're planning to develop new stuff. They'll do that in Puerto Rico. Entity, Understood. so so will not be subject to to the outbound transactions. Yeah. So well, that was a great background <laughs> on a lot of the tax incentives for moving to Puerto Rico or investing mm -hmm. in Puerto Rico. Uh, that was helpful for me personally because I didn't I didn't know and that level more. of detail. What's that? There's more. Yes, there's, I'm sure there is more. <laughs> Would you like to continue? Yeah. Yes. This, I talked about Act 20 do. and 22 because mm -hmm. those are like you know the ones that are up there right now in the, in, the, in the minds of everybody. But I personally see a very great deal of opportunity with other tax incentives that we have in Puerto Rico combined with the Opportunity Zones uh, um, legislation. Right. It's like we have uh, Act, Act 73, which mostly uh, incentivizes manufacturing and provides what we call the R&D credits in Puerto Rico, you can, you can get a tax grant under Act 73 and do research and development and get credits for, those, for, for the expenses you incur in the R&D process. Mm -hmm. And the best thing is you can sell those credits in the market. There is a market for credits in Puerto Rico, only in Puerto Rico. They do, they're not good in the US. Yeah. But there is a good market for people that want to buy these credits to get an advantage on their tax position. Like, for example, I owe $100,000 of tax, to, to, just to say a number, and you have a, a credit for $100,000, I buy it from you at a discounted price, yep. from 88 to 90 something, depending on the type of credit. So it's a good deal for me, because I, I satisfy my tax liability, but I don't pay the 100% completely. Right. And for you, it's a good deal, because you get more financing into your yeah. business. It's win-win for the buyer and the seller. So, so that's right. Act 73. And then Act 83, which is one of the uh, ones also we see a, a great of deal of opportunity, it's for green energy. Anything that, needs, that deals with sustainable, renewable energy, solar, wind, this act will provide tax incentives. And most of the incentives uh, along all these uh, grants, is, they're similar. You get a 4% income tax rate, uh, no tax on dividends or distributions, no tax on capital gains on the sale of the stock of the corporation, and certain local incentives like property tax exemption and uh, a volume of business exemption, which is like a license you pay to the municipality where you're doing business. So the, the exemptions go across the board, uh, the, the different taxes we have in Puerto Rico. And if you're acquiring, for example, machinery and equipment to be used in the process, that's exempt from sales and use tax also. So there is, there is a lot. So I talk about manufacturing, I talk about green energy, and the other one is tourism. Right. Uh, Puerto Rico is a Caribbean, it's an island in the Caribbean, okay? So, so tourism is really important for us. It hasn't been developed as much as you would think it would. Uh, but there is an incentive act for tourism. 
to the for the establishment of hotels. And, and, and not, not, they don't have to be big hotels, they can be smaller hostels or, or paradores, like we call them, mm -hmm. smaller hotels. So that also covers the, the construction and the operation of the property. Um, and then the incentives are the same. Therefore, uh, in the case of the tourism, it's a little bit different. It's 90% exemption on income tax, but the highest income tax rate is 38.5, so it's close to the 4% right. uh, tax. And now casino operations are covered by the exemption. So back, back in the days, casinos were not covered by the tax exemption, and, and usually you will have a hotel with the casino, uh, but now the casino is also part of, of the exempt. Activity. So we might see some more casinos getting put in. Yeah, that concerns me with the opportunity zones because casino is a scene business. So, yes. so well, some structuring, some structuring will need to be done yeah. in that area. But yeah. I, I, I'm certain it can be done. Good. Well, yeah. let's let's talk about opportunity zones. Mm -hmm. That was a great background on all of the tax incentives uh -huh. in Puerto Rico that exist without opportunity zones. Way before. Way opportunity before. Zones. So these mm -hmm. are these are all existing pre they pre exist opportunity zones completely. Mm -hmm. But let's shift our gears our gear now to. Uh, Shift our focus now to opportunity zones. I want to get your high-level overview. What, what's your take on the opportunity zones program? What's your view of it? Well, I, I think for us in Puerto Rico, it's a great opportunity, especially uh, after the storms in 2017. You, you know, you are aware. Most of your listeners are, are aware of, of the the destruction that we had with Irma and then Maria. Uh, so we are now in a reconstruction, rebuilding, recovering mode. And, and we see the opportunity zones legislation as a key factor in that rebuilding and that recovery. The government, it's, it's uh, or has identified already the, the infrastructure projects they want to work with. And as I understand, these projects are mostly gonna be financed by the CBDG funds that are you know, coming down to, to Puerto Rico for their reconstruction and recovery. So the government, should be taking care of, of the infrastructure, the roads, the electrical power, uh, and any, of, any other uh, infrastructure type of, of, of needs. And then the opportunity zones will bring that private capital for the development of the businesses in those areas where this infrastructure should be leveled or bring, bring up to high standards or the standards that we were used to before the storm. Mm -hmm. and, and is the way of doing business in Puerto Rico through then having this private capital coming in through the through the funds, investing in Puerto Rico businesses or Puerto Rico projects will be a perfect a perfect uh, match or prairie uh, to to for a full recovery of, of the economy. You know, most of you are aware that Puerto Rico is it's under an oversight board for a couple of years now, uh, and mostly because of the debt the debt issue, you know, Puerto Rico issue, more debt than we can pay. Right. That, that's true. Yeah, and it has happened with any o uh, some other states it's happened and with cities. a few states and yeah. cities across so, the country, So yes. right now we are, we, are, we are dealing with the oversight board, and then Maria came. Uh, so, so it's, it, I, I wouldn't like to say it's complicated, mm -hmm. but, it, but it's, it, it's, it's a different scene. But I'm always a optimistic person. So I, I believe we will be able to get out of this and, and with the help of the Opportunity Zone legislation and bringing outside capital to Puerto Rico. And if they are aware of all these incentives we have in Puerto Rico, I think they will, will be looking to Puerto Rico for, for in the, their investments when, when deciding where. Right, mm -hmm. right. And you know, speaking of outside capital mm -hmm. and attracting it, um, the Puerto Rico legislature uh, currently has legislation pending that will even further enhance opportunity zones on mm -hmm. the island and mm -hmm. provide benefits to certain real estate projects. Can you tell me a little bit more about that pending legislation yeah. and when you think it might be passed? Sure, and, and, and it's, it's interesting because in the panels today we were uh, hearing about other states doing kind of similar, you know, things, you know, trying to attract, of course, people to their opportunity zones to mm -hmm. invest. So we think Puerto Rico, along with the tax incentive programs we talk about, which can definitely help increase the, the return on an investment there, because if you pay less taxes, your return should be higher, right, of course. Right. Um, it's also working on a, on a special opportunity zone bill, if we want to call it that. It's, it's divided in three, three parts, mostly. Mm -hmm. The first part is the one um, that's dealing with projects, or what they call priority projects, 
that would not uh, qualify for any other of the incentives we talk about. As it's written right now, if you qualify for an Act 73 or an Act 83, you cannot claim the benefits of, of this, uh, this special law that is being uh, promoted because you have your incentives right. for that industry. So this, the, the bill only, only relates to types of businesses, types of projects that don't already qualify. Right. Yes. For, like for, for example, the, for a real estate development. Mm -hmm. uh, you buy a building, you substantially improve it, mm -hmm. and then you rent offices or apartments. That doesn't have an exemption grant for it. There's no law for that. So that could certainly be one of the priority projects uh, that will qualify for, for the tax incentives in this bill. And what they're saying is if it's a priority project and it has to be designated a priority project by a committee, okay. a committee is going to be formed and that committee is going to pass judgment on, on, the, on the proposals of, of projects, you get a, 20, a fixed 20% income tax rate. And you say, wow, 20% versus 4%. But remember, I said Puerto Rico is a foreign jurisdiction when we talk about tax. And international provisions like guilty and control foreign corporations from the international tax side in the US would apply to investments in Puerto Rico. So if we have a 20% rate or even an 18% rate, which is now the, the number that is you know, being said, okay. it will take you out of guilty because it's a high tax. So, so there's some structuring to work around that. But, but as, let's talk about the Puerto Rico side. They will provide you with a lower tax rate compared to the 38.5% I mentioned. Right. So 20%, 18% is a good rate for something that does not qualify for a, an exemption. And it's then, better than the 38.5, right? right? Yeah. Much better. Yeah. And then zero tax on the dividends, this zero Puerto Rico tax on the dividends that are distributed for this, from these entities to, to, its, to the fund or the shareholders. And then, um, again, some property tax exemptions and bowling of business exemptions, mm -hmm. construction excise tax exemptions to incentivize you know, these this, this projects to be done. Who is going to say, yeah, it's a priority project or not, but it's this committee that the law as the bill, and not the law, the bill as, as originally filed said it was going to be composed of three people. After all the debate and, you know, in the legislature and, and, and influence and, and, and pull by the local different municipalities, we have 78 municipalities in Puerto Rico. The committee, the last time I heard, was increased, I think, to seven person. So they might be including some representatives from the mayors and, and, local, and local agencies in, 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 the, in deciding, yes, it's a priority project or not. Why? Because they want the projects to fulfill the need of economic development and improvement of both social and economic situation of the zone where they're going to be done. So in, 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 in summary, that's what the bill has, first, the first part. The second part is that the bill brings into the Puerto Rico law the same opportunity zone sections, the, the wording of the two sections in the US code, they, just translate dot to Puerto Rico, to Puerto and I, they are adopting tax code to the tax code. Yeah. So, so, so Puerto Rico currently is not conforming, but but this this will legislation be, will yeah this will conform, to conform right yeah to the federal and that's very important, not just for the U.S. shareholders or I mean the U.S. investors, but for local investors. Yeah, for Puerto Rican residents as, who are investing. Yes, too, because yeah. as I explained to you, Puerto Ricans, Puerto Ricans or U.S. citizens that live in Puerto Rico. Mm -hmm. We don't pay U.S. tax on capital gains, so the benefits of deferring the capital gains really doesn't make any difference for us because we don't pay U.S. tax on right, those. Right. So, but it would make a difference if you can defer for local. and exclude local gains, right? right? Yeah. Right. Because capital gains will be subject to local tax. Right now, it's uh, on long-term capital gains. It's a 15 percent tax. Okay. But if you are uh, subject to the uh, alternative tax, something similar to the AMT tax, mm -hmm. could be 24 percent. So if local investors can realize these gains and invest in the, priority, in the funds who, who invest in the, in, the, in the projects, they can also benefit from the deferral. So that's the second part of the bill. And it's, it's to conform mm -hmm. to the US 
and to provide the benefits for the local investors. And, and for a fact, I know there are families that want to do that. But if they need to pay 15% or 24%, it's harder yeah. to do it. So, so that would there's, be great. There's not much of a benefit there not yet really. for, for, not for yet. local residents. No, okay. because it would be just realizing the game, paying the tax, and investing whatever you yeah. want on, on, yeah. on the project. So, so that would be great. Mm -hmm. And then the third change, there are also uh, making a change to the Act 22 I just talked about mm -hmm. before. And uh, the, present, the present law, remember I talked talk about the 10-year facing period for the gains? Yep. Puerto Rico says, well, if you're going to pay tax to the U.S. on that gain, I'm going to tax it here, and you get a credit for, for whatever you pay in the U.S. Okay. They are making a change to that because if, we, if you are in Act 22 and you have this gain that I have not realized because you, don't, you want to wait the 10-year period, and you say, no. I can realize it now. I can defer it for U.S. purposes, but if I have to pay tax in Puerto Rico, it's no good. So again, it's kind of a conforming uh, change for the Act 22's uh, individuals that have moved to Puerto Rico and have those gains, unrealized gains, still gotcha. there. So it goes hand in hand with, with number two a little yes, bit. Yes, yeah, yes. Just but just especially for, but for, especially for the Act 22. Because remember, in Puerto Rico, special laws will go over the general law. So if the special law, which is Act 22, says mm -hmm. it's taxed at whatever So they whatever have to make percent. a change. They have yes. to make a change They have that. to make change. Procedurally, yeah. yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. So this, the, the, this legislation is, is pretty crucial then, especially for local residents in Puerto Rico. Do, do you have any, um, any ideas as to when it may be passed? I think, it, right, for, by the way, for my mm -hmm. listeners listening, we're having this conversation on April 4th. Mm -hmm. So I'm not, I'm not sure, I, I'm going to try to get this episode out within the next few weeks, okay. but it's possible that, that it will have been passed by the time this episode is. Yeah, we certainly expect it yes. to be passed in the, in the next couple of weeks. Okay. Yeah, the legislation was introduced by the governor mm -hmm. back in November. And again, it's been there uh, on, in our legislature uh, since November. Of course, there were some uh, breaks uh, on the sessions. Mm -hmm. But uh, the president of the Senate just said a couple of weeks ago that he wants to, he wants to approve it uh, in the next, you know, in, in, this, in this session. So, you know, that means in the next couple of weeks. Okay. So we certainly expect it to be approved then. Before the end of Before April. Before the uh, end of April. Yeah. Yes, yes. And, and, and again, time is ticking. Yes. The clock is ticking yes. because as I mentioned, we are adopting the same rules in the, U in the U.S., so the 180 days apply, right. the 30 months threshold applies, and I'm all. I'm sure you all. have a lot of eager investors waiting yes, for this yes. to get Yes, and passed. some of them were kind of uh, unhappy because they had some gains last year that could have been uh, shelter right. if this, if this was had, had been approved before. But yeah. it is what it is. And, 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 and again, the legislature is trying to accommodate uh, all the players. Yes. Of course. I'm sure. And and especially the municipalities where these projects are going to be built. Right. So so that's why it's it's taking it's taking uh, some time. And that's democracy, you know. So yeah, it can be a little <laughs> slow sometimes, yes, right? Yes. But <laughs> we certainly expect it in, in a couple of weeks. Yeah. Okay. Good. Mm -hmm. I'm glad to hear that. Um, and possibly by the time this podcast airs, it, it will have been. Yes. So <laughs> so you mentioned the 78 municipalities mm -hmm. across the island of Puerto Rico, and uh, when we were on the phone. Uh, a few weeks back, you were, you were talking about how the mayors in Puerto Rico, the mayors of these 78 mm -hmm. uh, municipalities, actually hold a lot of power. And, and I know that uh, there's been some work done on expediting the permit process at the state level for Opportunity Zone projects. Mm -hmm. but, but what is happening at the local level, and what conversations are, are you having or are the elected officials having with, with local community leaders and, and mayors and mayor's offices? Yeah, as you mentioned, we have 78 mayors, 78 little towns. And okay, the mayor of a town is like the 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 the, the person that everybody looks to, you know. So when when something needs to be done in the municipality, you go to the mayor, and he's gonna try to help you, you know. Municipalities as well as the central government is going through rough times. They're you know they they their funds have been cut, and they're looking into ways to increase their their funds, uh, to attend to the needs, you know of of. Of their constituents, you know, who, who voted for, for them. Mm -hmm. So, so when when this type of of, law, of legislation is introduced, where exemptions are being granted at the municipal level, of course, you know, they they want to be consulted, you know, and, and have a say on what type of businesses they're going to be. I think right now, um, 
everybody's waiting and see how it's going to come out. Uh, I personally believe that if a project is going to come to your town, it's going to be good for your town. Uh, if you need to give some incentives for the business to come to your town, you just have to see the, the you know, you have to see the whole picture and right. see what's coming after that. Um, so, so specifically talking to mayors or, 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 or officials from different municipalities, I, I haven't been, you know, involved in that. Mm -hmm. I do know what, you know, comes out in the newspapers and, 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 and the new, and news, and yes, they want to be involved. They want to have a say on what's given or what incentives are being given to the businesses that are coming to their, to their towns. That's understandable, right? Yeah. Yes. Um, you spoke on a panel here at the conference yesterday mm -hmm. um, on Opportunity Zone investing in Puerto Rico. And could, could you recap for me and for my listeners some of the main points that you and the other panelists discussed and, and what types of questions or, or topics regarding Puerto Rico OZ investing are, are developers and investors seeking more information on? Okay, um, the panel was, uh, was a really good exchange of, of ideas. Uh, we were three of us there. Uh, we had a, a promoter of Puerto Rico who is originally from Dallas and he moved to Puerto Rico under you know Act 22 and, and Act 20. That's Chris Ham. Chris Ham. Right? Yeah. And then uh, Giovanni Mendez was the other panelist. He's a tax attorney mm -hmm. in, in Puerto Rico that deals a lot with Act 20s and Act 22s and, and myself. And we certainly just give, gave an overall picture of Puerto Rico. Where is Puerto Rico? Why Puerto Rico? It's special to look for investment. We talk about all the tax incentives that we can offer, and we talk about uh, a little bit about the current situation, which is always worrisome. You know, uh, you're in back the, the country is in bankruptcy. How my investment is going to be uh, guaranteed or secured, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But but investing in Puerto Rico, it's it's as safe as investing anywhere else in the states. You know, and again, a deal has to be a good deal. Right before you, you and do it. And there's risk involved anywhere. Anywhere. Right? Yeah. So not just because of the tax incentives or just because of the opportunity zones, you're going to invest in Puerto Rico. It has to make sense for you. Right. You know? But if it's a good deal, Puerto Rico can increase the goodness you know, of the deal because of the exemptions and because of the culture, the people, uh, the location, the geographic location. You know, Puerto Rico is right center in the Caribbean. It's worse places to be than in the Caribbean, right? Yes. <laughs> we have hurricanes, but, That's we, true. but, but we, we anticipate, we can see them coming, yes, you know? Yes. Um, and and to, to the questions we get asked, one of the biggest uh, or the most common questions we get is, how is the recovery going? Is, is power up already? And, and there is a great misconception of, of our current situation. Yes, the storms were bad, very bad. They were really, really bad. Devastation was just incredible. I've never seen something like that before. Mm -hmm. I don't want to see anything like that before. And you've lived there yes. your whole life. And I have was... lived in Puerto Rico all my life, and this is... This was the worst. This has been the worst. But Puerto Rico is back up and running. You know, we have one of the high-speed uh, high internet that you can find anywhere. We have it in Puerto Rico. We have all... The power is up. Uh, the, the system uh, is more reliable. Now, after, you know, of course, after the storm, it took some time to rebuild, but the system is very reliable, and that's one of the largest projects the government has. They are going to pri uh, privatize the, the energy uh, distribution, the electrical grid. The right? electrical yeah. grid. So, so um, from an infrastructure perspective, we are back and running 100% as before the storm. So that's one of the most common questions. You know, people are concerned. Oh, I'm going to Puerto Rico. I'm going to lose my money. And you need to do the same analysis you will do for investing anywhere else. Uh, and you will have risk, like anywhere else. But you calculate your risk, and you, you decide to invest or not. But but again, Puerto Rico is a good place to invest because of the gravy we can put into the plate. Mm -hmm. But first, it has to be a good deal for you. Right. Right. Well, yeah, I, I was in Puerto Rico. Just last month, mm -hmm. um, spent about a week there on the island, and I was I was surprised by by how how nice everything looked. Like the infrastructure was 
to me, it, it, you know, the roads were fine, mm -hmm. the power was fine. The well, we did have one power outage our first night there, <laughs> but, but the backup generator kicked on, and yeah. we were okay. Mm -hmm. And uh, but yeah, the, the internet worked fine. If if I hadn't known that Hurricane Maria had come through and Hurricane Irma had come through mm -hmm. just a year and a half ago, I, you know, I don't, I don't know that I would have really known anything. Yeah. I, I I wouldn't have noticed at all. It, it was it was, I, I was impressed with with how quickly. The island's been yeah. rebuilt, and, and, re relatively and even, speaking, anyway. Even the nature, even nature. Yes. You know, all the leaves are back, all yeah. the trees. We lost all our vegetation. Yes. From you know, in the storm, yeah. and it looked like a bomb had fall in, sure. in the island. Yeah. But you go now, and you know, everything is green again, and a lot of vegetation is back. So even even nature is giving us a lesson. Yes. You know <laughs> that you just come back. Yeah. No. It's it's it it seems to be rebounding. Quite nicely. From yes. from from just anecdotally, what I saw mm -hmm. on my trip last month, I was impressed with with how little devastation I saw. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. it, it's it's mostly returned back to normal. Uh, uh, from a business standpoint, yeah. we are we are really back to normal. Good. And 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 again, we are very hopeful uh, that that all these programs will turn eyes into Puerto Rico. And uh, and again, I always see the silver lining in everything. Mm -hmm. Maria was bad. It was really bad, but it put us in the news. It did put you in the news, right? Yeah. yeah. And, and those that didn't know about Puerto Rico now know about Puerto yeah. Rico, you know? And, and the fact that it destroyed a lot of your infrastructure forced the government to rebuild it all. Now it's better than it was before. a year and a half ago. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's better, yes. it's better than before. And, and, mm -hmm. and you wouldn't be in that position if it hadn't been for destruction. Which is, so it's a silver lining. Silver it's a silver lining, of <laughs> yeah, course. Just we, would, lining. we wouldn't wish a hurricane to come through again, obviously. No, no, no. But no, no. you know, you do have to look at the silver lining yes. sometime. Mm -hmm. I agree. So you touched upon the, some of the biggest misconceptions about investing in Puerto Rico post-hurricane. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, we're here to let everybody know that Puerto Rico is ready to do business. Yes. And we're, we're eager the, you're back to normal. for you to come down, yeah. visit, and see for yourself. Yeah. You know, when I, when and I get. see like I did. Yes, right? like Jimmy yeah. did. You know, we get calls from people in the States. Oh, I want to go to move to Puerto Rico because of this Act 20 or Act 22. And one of the first questions I asked them, have you been here? Mm -hmm. uh, nope. Well, the first thing you have to Google is take a vacation. Yeah, take a vacation to Puerto Rico. And for come a week. one week. Yeah. And bring your family. Yeah. The wife and the kids. Yeah. Because if you're going to do it just for the tax, it's not going to work. Because if your family doesn't like it, know what you're getting into first, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Because yeah. you so, got to bring the wife and kids. Yes. Yeah. You have to move. You have yeah. to move to Puerto Rico <laughs> to to get some of the benefits. Um, you don't have to move for an Act 20. Mm -hmm. You know, you can move. You can put your company and have employees in Puerto Rico, and you don't have to move. But you, if you want the full package, you need to move. Right. Mm -hmm. But just one of the best things to do. You know, you're looking for a place. You're looking for projects to invest. Go to Puerto Rico and take a look. Um, you know, uh, there are hotel projects going on. There are real estate projects going on. Housing, uh, low-income housing. You know, there's a lot of stuff going, and, and the government has pinpoint priority projects they want to be taken. So, so there is there is uh, an array of, of different uh, alternatives to invest. But again, don't do it alone. Be with the right. Uh, how you say consultants, attorneys, lawyers, right. CPAs, or whatever. Call Maria, it, everyone. Maria, Chris, <laughs> Chris or, or Giovanni, yes, yes. or you know, and 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 we we work together as a, as a team. Mm -hmm. Each each one of us does different different things, so we we can we we don't compete with with each other. We, we're promoting Puerto Rico, you know. Yeah, you're all and, in it together. It yeah, seems. Yeah, but but you need to be well well uh, advised, you know, I'm sure. because again, it's international tax issues yeah. that you need to And consider. there's a lot to keep track of. Yes. Yeah, yes. so you need, you need an expert. Mm -hmm. uh, so we're at the COASIS Coalition Opportunity Zone Super mm -hmm. Conference, and the, the keynote speaker who spoke this morning was um, Dan Kowalski uh -huh. from the Department of Treasury. Uh, the second tranche of IRS guidance is expected out any day now. Mm -hmm. uh, what are you personally most looking forward to receiving more clarity on? Ongoing businesses. How is this going to work with ongoing businesses? Because we see real estate, as everybody see it, like the easy part, you know? If it's a building that was there, if you substantially improve it, you know, you structure your deal, whatever, you are cautious, you know, with all the rules, it's kind of middle of the road, right? But with ongoing businesses, it's hard. 
you know, because the business has been there before 2017, so how the substantial improvement thing will come into play. It's like an example I always give. If I have a manufacturing plan that manufactures 1,000 pairs of puts a month, and I get some investments, and I buy some machinery and stuff, and after all that, I, I produce 3,000 puts a month. Mm -hmm. Is that a substantial improvement for my business? I don't know. No one knows. No one knows. So <laughs> Hopefully we find out yes, soon. soon. Yes. So, so those are the kind of questions because there are ongoing businesses in Puerto Rico in need of capital, of course, mm -hmm. or they're getting ready to convert their, their temporary loan to the permanent financing and they want other alternatives. Uh, but we cannot give them their answers because we don't know the answer yet. So, of course, we're waiting for, for that. Uh, and I guess a lot of people are waiting for, for that clarification on, on the ongoing businesses uh, part of the opportunity zones. As, as I think was Jerry mentioned yesterday, that's where he sees the most potential. Right, that's uh, Jerry Rice and yeah. the Coasis Coalition. From the Coasis Coalition, yes. yes. So, so I think that's one of the, the, the highest in the in the list, yeah. yeah, to get to clarification again with original use that goes kind of hands up hands with that mm -hmm. for a, uh, for an ongoing business, what it's going to be original use, you know, substantial improvement with how you who measure that. So 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 that's that's one thing. And then the other questions we get is um, people are very used to the partnership type of structure, um, and all these questions about how your basis is going to be affected by current distributions, by losses, if, if you get leverage distributions and all that type of questions, which if you go to the, to the law for, you know, the sections for partnerships, maybe the answer you get is kind of not in line with what the opportunity zones are driven to, right. to do. So in that area, we also get a lot you know, a lot of questions for which we don't have very clear answers. So but I would hopefully, say, hopefully any day now. Yes. And again, this we're may this may be known by the time this podcast airs yeah, as well. Yeah, hopefully, because we're really waiting for for, yeah. for those answers. Yeah, we're expecting uh, that second tranche of guidance to come out any day now. Hopefully by the end of the month at he the latest. He said this morning, the latest, the, the end of the month. Yeah. I, I was hoping before that. Yeah, I was hoping before <laughs> that too. It seems like. Uh, Everything's taken a little longer yeah. than, than everybody expected. And then, you know, because you had the government shut down. Yeah, that didn't help matters. That didn't help yeah. either, so. That delayed the hearing also yes. by several mm -hmm. weeks, so. Mm -hmm. um, well, what, uh, I know we touched upon some of the biggest misconceptions about investing in Puerto Rico. What are some of the biggest misconceptions or, or maybe any mistakes that you see being made regarding opportunities of investing in these early days? Mm -hmm in Puerto Rico specifically before all of the guidance is out? What, what are you seeing people doing wrong, I guess, or, or, I or, or, I or thinking the wrong things? It's, it's something so new, mm -hmm. and, and I think that the, the interest in opportunity zones in Puerto Rico has just started, probably from January to now. Uh, again, the law was approved in 2017, but the zones were designated in April, and by the time everybody started to notice this thing going on, it was January. Right. You know, so November, December. You know, so so interest is is sparking, mm -hmm. it's increasing, and and again, the most important thing we tell wherever we go and do conference. We have done conference in in the island, and we come to the states and talk about Puerto Rico, is that you need good advice. Before you set up your structure, you need to be advised, well advised of, of what you can do and what you can't do. And have your plans and have your, your structure reviewed. Uh, because in that, those early stages, you, know, you can solve issues and solve problems. We haven't seen bad deals yet because it's too early. Uh, we certainly do not want to see those. Right. <laughs> you probably will at yeah. some point. But as, as, we, as we do with the Act 20s and Act 22s, mm -hmm. some people say, oh, this is easy. I'm going to do it myself. Mm -hmm. The easy part is to fill in the form. Right. But what goes before filling the form is what is going to decide you did it right or mm -hmm. not. Sometimes we get people with their grants, and then we talk with them, and what they got a grant for is not what they're doing. So it doesn't work for them. Yeah. So filling out the forms, the easy part. That's Stay, the easiest Staying in part. compliance. Yes. And yeah. again, with and the opportunity the right zones, way, yeah. it's self-certified. Yeah. So. So you could see similar. Yeah, outcomes. I can see similar downs on on that side. Yeah. And again, advice is very important. So, 
consult a professional. Yes. That's your advice. Yes, That's good advice. <laughs> uh, so I, we've gotten to the end. That was, that was the hard part, Maria. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so t before we go, though, uh, tell my listeners where they can go to learn more about you and Keevane Grant Thornton's um, services that they provide to Opportunity Zones investors. Yeah, sure. Uh, we have a website. It's called, you can uh, look for it under Keevane, K-E-V-A-N-E, dot -E, uh, com mm -hmm. or Grant Thornton Puerto Rico. Uh, and you can find our website. It's full of articles and write-ups about Puerto Rico and the different tax incentives we do. We love to write. So every time something new comes up, there is an alert or Good. an update. We also have an app for your iPhone or your Android. You can download it free, uh, Kivane. You look for Kivane and uh, you can download it and you will get push notifications of everything we published there. And the information about you know, the partners and our services and everything we do. Excellent. Uh, and again, uh, you can find me in LinkedIn. You look for Maria de los Angeles Rivera in LinkedIn and, and you will find my profile there. Good, very good. Uh, well, interest is sparking in Puerto Rico opportunities mm -hmm. on investing. I hope this podcast can help spark some further interest yes, and yes. help promote Puerto Rico even more. Mm -hmm. um, so for my listeners out there uh, who want to learn more and um, get links to all the resources that Maria and I discussed on today's mm -hmm. shows. I will have links to Keevane and to their app on right. iOS mm -hmm. and Android, and I'll have a link to Maria's LinkedIn profile as well on the Opportunity Zones database website, on the show notes page for this website, mm -hmm. uh, for this episode. Um, you can find those show notes at opportunitydb.com slash podcast. Maria, thanks for joining me today. This has been great. Thank you, Jimmy, for inviting me. And good luck to you uh, and safe travels back to Puerto Rico and good luck to Puerto Rico on, on getting some capital injection yes. to the island. Thank much you. needed. Thank you. Thank you so much. That's it for our show today. A huge thank you to you, our listener. If you liked this episode, please rate and review us on iTunes. The Opportunity Zones podcast is produced by the Opportunity Database. Visit OpportunityDB.com to learn more about Opportunity Zones and Opportunity Zone Fund investing. You can learn how to subscribe to this podcast and read more about today's guest in the show notes by visiting OpportunityDB.com slash podcast. And we'll be back soon with another episode.